This is Shayla Adam Stafford, and you're listening to PBL in Practice. Thank you for tuning in to another week of Project-Based Learning in Practice. I'm your host, Shayla Adam Stafford, and this is a weekly broadcast where we talk with top leaders in project-based learning to discover best practices, share successes and failures, and learn from one another. Again, my name is Shayla Adam Stafford. I've been an educator for the past 10 years focusing specifically on project-based learning. I had the amazing opportunity to speak at the White House in 2015 and share how PBL looked in my classroom before a room of national leaders. I'm a member of the National Faculty of the Buck Institute, founder of Remix Education, a nonprofit that serves first-generation college-bound students. But enough about me, let's get into our next guest. Hello, how are you doing, Talena? Hi, I am so good. How could you not be good on this great Martin Luther King Day? Yes, yes, and happy Martin Luther King Day to all of our listeners. We hope that you are taking a day on, not a day off, and honoring his legacy. How are you feeling today? I am so great. I always serve on this day. So I'm so excited later to go and help out some people um, who's dealing with some tragedies. And so I, I'm glad that it's me being able to do exactly what Martin Luther King would want everybody to do, which is love on everybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. So our guest for today is Ms. Helena Norfire, who is a mathematics teacher in Oklahoma City Public Schools. For the past eight years, she has taught and served as department chair, professional development chair, and also senior awards co-chair at the Northwest Classen High School. Her desire is to develop the next generation by teaching them how to learn, unlearn, and relearn using mathematics as the material and student-centered strategies such as PBL, um, using PBL as the method to do such things. She was awarded Teacher of the Year for the 2017-2018 school year, and she was a 2017 state finalist for the Presidential Award for Mathematics and Science Teaching. She, When she's not teaching, she consults. Um, she also is an amazing author. She's going to share with us a little bit more about her most recent work. Um, she co-authored specifically regarding math and PBL. And so let's take a moment and let's welcome Talania. Hey. Oh <laughs> I always sort of like, oh my God, when I hear about myself, I'm like, I forgot I do all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do a lot. You do a lot, actually. And you are definitely someone who can share a lot of insight and a lot of background with our listeners, especially um, those that are working in the STEM um, subjects who may need just some new strategies, some ideas, some new ways of thinking about applying mathematics um, within a PBL context. So we heard a little bit about, of your, ba- about your background. But what else should listeners know about Talania Norfar? Well, the interesting part, I am a weird teacher in that I haven't always been a teacher. Um, <laughs> so, uh, even though I'm thankful that um, it doesn't feel like I have been working for over 20 years, uh, before I came into teaching, I was a journalist, I was a financial planner, wow. I was a telecommunications um, uh, account manager. Uh, both on the wireless wow. side and on the landline side. So that is always sort of a um, interesting tidbit to people. And so it kind of, 
Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's sort of why I'm different in the way I teach, because I wasn't always a classroom teacher. I didn't go from school to school, then back to school. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, well, what brought you from those diverse different fields and backgrounds to project-based learning? What, what made that shift for you to want to go into K-12 education? Well, it was um, the probing of a high school classmate at a 10-year reunion. So we were planning our 10-year reunion, and he was a a school teacher at a local um, charter school in Oklahoma City. And I hadn't heard about charter school, hadn't thought about education, um, wasn't even on my radar, even though I was always wanting to reach teens um, in everything I did. And so he just, over the process of us planning, Um, encouraged me enough to go check out his class, found it really, really interesting, and I decided to go ahead and take the plunge and look at teaching. Um, And interestingly enough, I didn't go to his school. Um, I got hired on at Aztec Charter High School, which back um, in 2005 proclaimed that they were project-based learning school. And we had an orientation where we watched a video Um, And I was really intrigued um, by the learning style and about the change that had happened in education, or at least I thought that was what education was doing all over the place. And it made it so much sense to me. It was the way I was um, uh, working in the, in the actual real world. So I was like, Oh, this is a great way for kids to learn (laughs) concepts. Um, And lo and behold, once I got into it, I realized nobody was doing it. At least mm-hmm. not to that big degree where it's um, a, a staple in every classroom. And there was hardly mm-hmm. anything out on it <laughs> for me to learn about it. So I did a lot of years of School of Hard Knocks um, and slowly finding material. And it's kind of why I'm producing material now. Uh, like you mentioned, I have a book that's going to be published in August of this year um, about modeling mathematics and PBL with uh, Chris Fancher as my co-author. Wow, awesome. I want to dive deeper into that a little bit later on in our conversation, because I definitely agree with you. Um, For a lot of teachers, if they're just getting into PBL, um, they're searching around. Where can I find some sample projects? Where can I um, see some model lessons? Um, And so you've taken that next step to actually start to create um, where there has been a void. So I applaud you for that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so Tell me a little bit about your PBL superpower. What makes you the PBL champion that you are? Well, I would say the greatest one, which is why it's been so hard for me to create the material, because um, to relate it to math teachers who um, don't typically have the real world experience has been challenging. But mm-hmm. truly making math concepts real world um, applicable that's not just like this simulated word problem. Although I love a lot of the stuff that's out there, it's great, but it's not what we really do. Like you really aren't trying to use math to make a basketball shot or um, you're not really using math to see how fast you'll go on the escalator. So although those are great and it's um, thought provoking, I take more of the aspect of really how do people use this in a job, in a setting. Um, and use that um, skill set to help teach students how to do it. So it's a it's 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 hard, um, 
the I think that's why you can kind of consider it a superpower. But I've been able to over the last couple of years really think of how to break it down. And hopefully I accomplished along with Chris how to teach other math teachers and other STEM teachers because um, I'm a huge proponent of STEM. I'm so glad you brought that up. And I hate that sometimes math and technology is just kind of an add-on in STEM. Mm-hmm. And science and engineering gets all of like the glory. <laughs> but, <laughs> but none of them could work without us too. So I'm I'm really, really glad that I'm able to to kind of I think help beef that up too. Well, tell us a little bit about I guess what you would consider the difference between just a a word problem and you gave some examples of some projects where you know that actually wouldn't be applicable in a real life situation although they're using real life attributes right like throwing Mm -hmm. a basketball it's not actually a real life situation give give us some examples of like a real world you know in the field situation where you're utilizing math and how you envision that as a potential project yeah so actually um just the other day I floored um, a math educator that I'm mentoring because she was like, wow, you do that? And I showed her (laughs) one of my projects. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, I said, but it's okay. It's okay. Don't don't like fall out on me. You can do it too. And so it's actually a pre-calculus one, which um, many times math teachers uh, are real hesitant in the upper level math to do PBL. But um, I've really worked hard to try and create some for them to do. And so it's um, based around finance and the students um, help local families uh, with their financial planning situation. So um, some of the families needed um, how to reduce their mortgage faster or and then some were college planning or retirement planning. Right. Um, as what, And those kind of were the like the basic scenarios that students were grappling with. And so the math underneath that is really exponential and logarithmic equations, something that most people learn and they just kind of end up knowing the curve of the graph, but they never realize that it's tied to money. It's how Mm. um, your house is paid, it's how your your mortgage is paid, it's how your investments run. They're just supersized versions of it. And so the students... um, through helping those families ended up really seeing the details behind the math in that situation and then had the challenge of converting it back to simple language that anybody can understand which is a huge mathematical need now um we need people i guess just calculate i'm sorry i was just saying we um i found in the field that they need math people, but they also need people who can explain in very basic ways. And so that project not only challenged my students to think mathematically, but it also challenged them to communicate um, mathematically, but in a way that anyone can understand. Wow. So in thinking and creating that project, what was kind of like a key lever for you or like a key test for you whether or not this was going to be a true a truly real world PBL task oh did you kind of do a self-check and say okay how can I you know determine whether or not this is actually going to be useful oh yeah so um one of the biggest things that I I use is how authentic can my audience be so the fact that I was able Mm -hmm. to find people who had that need in a real world way they really did want to know it. Um, thankfully, they happen to be people I know. So 
it was easier to get them, <laughs> but they truly had the need and they didn't know how to do it. Um, and because it wasn't uh, huge personal information given, um, it's just their desire mm-hmm. and some basic numbers. It's comfortable for them to share it with, you know, 17 year olds. But um, that's always right. my litmus test. How authentic is the situation to someone in or some business in the real world? If it is, then I know I can run with it. If it's something that I have to stretch, if it's something that people would have to pretend for them to really have need, right. then it's not going to work out. Mm, okay. That's a good litmus <laughs> test. <laughs> so tell us a story about a breakthrough PBL moment for you. And this can also be related to your PBL superpower. Oh, my God. So the thing is two actually stories. I'll make them quick. But they were like transformational moments in my teaching um the first one was very early on i was horrible at pbl at that time but i was (laughs) i was working i was working on it and i right right i i I did the safe route which a lot of teachers sometimes do i did it with my honors class because i was like well they they'll be okay um depending no matter how much i messed this up and they had a, they designed a house for a friend of mine. They didn't know she was my friend, but I knew authentic audience was a huge piece. Um, I didn't know how to make them get there, but I knew I needed a real person. And so they were designing a house right. that she wanted to have um, built soon. She agreed to look at their designs as possible designs for a house. And one of the students in there was, she was, a, she was in honors because she really wanted the challenge, but she was really struggling. And she was never really um, succeeding. She was barely making it with a C. And so this, the project happened. And I mean, literally, she became the better than the honor students. Her work wow. was fabulous. And I felt so bad because it had nothing to do with me. Um, she, she completely <laughs> pressed through on her own. I did not know how to help her. Um, and her, hus- her dad was in construction um, at the time, and so he was a, and that he taught me how I really needed to bring in more experts than what I had brought in. I brought in a um, to a, a person who um, owned a construction company, and I had brought in an engineer. But I never thought of really having someone um, teach the lesson, so to speak, or how to do it. Wow. And so she she made me call him to make sure I knew she did it all herself. He did not touch a paper. Um, but she was so, so proud <laughs> and she was inspired to be an architect. And so I just knew then that it was a tool that truly can help anybody and bring out the best in everybody. Yeah. And so I was like, okay, I got to really figure this thing out and do it as much as I can. And then yeah. later um, I was floored again by a girl um, in my, um, I, I switched schools. I switched to Northwest class and where I teach now. And she was considered an at-risk girl. She was, you know, 16, but a freshman. Um, Definitely absent a lot, or at least I discovered later she was absent in certain classes a lot. Um, And she was just on the fringe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, she was selective absent. Not mine. I mean, she was great in mine. And uh, she she was just literally we were we were on watch of her because we just thought she was going to drop out. She was just um, on our watch list. And so we had did a PBL, my first PBL as a group of teachers. And it was project um, work time day because I had just grown to enough to know that that was a valuable thing. 
and I couldn't right. do what we originally planned because we would need the laptops and another teacher needed them. So we had to do something else that day and I announced it to the class and our whole demeanor changed. She was mm. so upset. And so I went over to her and I was like, what is going on? You're never this upset with me. And she was like, the only reason why I came to school today is to do that project. Wow. And so that let me realize how much of a lifeline it could be. Not that it yeah. can inspire kids, but it can truly be the thing that helps them keep moving in their educational practice. And I was like, oh, my God. So I apologized profusely, tried not to cry, um, and, <laughs> and, and, and achieved it. I, I, I made the, the face to where, but as soon as I walked away from it and she was gone, I cried. I was like, oh, I feel so bad. And I said, oh, I'm so, man. so sorry. I said, I will do whatever I can to make sure we're working on this project tomorrow. Please, please, please don't miss school. Um, I love seeing you here. I want you here. And um, and she, I mean, thankfully she graduated. She's married now. She's a wonderful kid. She's a phenomenal girl. But um, but I just realized that it's the littlest of things inside of PBL. Um, and I never know which thing, but it always ends up hitting some kid somehow. Yeah. Them. I mean, really, Tulane, what you're saying speaks to the fact that PBL really can be used to bring in students that are typically disengaged. And I just love that story because it really exemplifies that. She really came to school to work on that project. <laughs> and that is awesome. Yeah. Um, so let, tell me a little bit about what has been kind of your most challenging PBL moment. Oh, it's actually a challenging PBL element. Um, mm -hmm. I've always felt I, when I first started teaching and found out about PBL, BIE was the only um, organization that had a book on how to do it. It was a, a really hard bound um, spiral notebook um, type that taught me how to make projects. And they mm -hmm. told me inquiry was one of the elements. And I was like, oh, shoot. I don't know how to do inquiry in math. <laughs> I just know how to tell them how to do it. How do you tell, how do you help somebody find out? I was like, you can't research this. So for years, <laughs> years, I mean, years, and I mean, fund for teacher grants later where I was able to go um, and study um, in person before I found out about, or found a way to get under BIE directly, um, books. Uh, Japan. I mean, I I have tons of wow. material that has helped me grow in the inquiry part because truly, wow. I mean, in in America, United States, math is not normally explored. It's always just told, and so yeah. I just had no no idea how to do that. And now I'm having yeah. the challenge of trying to help people come up with it because it's like I have these years of books and, and School of Hard Knocks. How do I bring this into a step-by-step -step process for yeah. um, a person? But hopefully I did. But that is, that is oh my God, the most challenging part, especially for mathematics. Um, all the other subjects I don't think they ever even blinked with it. But for math I was like, oh Lord, how do I help them discover X? Okay, I don't I don't know how to do it. <laughs> Well, tell me, is, is that something we can look forward to in your book? Absolutely. There's a whole okay. chapter on it. Hopefully. So just tell us a little bit more about your book um, 
And then I want to just get into specific tips you have for PBO practitioners um, and any organizational tools that have really helped you. Okay. So the book is, um, we, it's gone through so many iterations because we were, we just kept thinking, how do we really reach people who are like us, but also not like us? There's such a vastness in math teachers, um, uh, comfortability, you know, you got all the way from someone who's just comfortable with the textbook and let's just start at each section and go all the way to, you know, people who are doing Dan Myers three X tasks. I mean, it's just this flow. And so we really, really um, honed in and realized that the project examples is the best um, meat of the book. So there is tons of examples of tasks all the way to full-blown PBLs um, from 6th to 12th grade. So that's literally okay. half of the book. That's awesome. Yeah. And then the other half, um, one ch- the opening chapter is experiencing um, a piece of PBL. So one of the other things we realized is that so many times you can't teach until you've experienced what you're going to do for other people. Right. So it's a it's a geometry based um, uh, PBL that that everybody will experience in chapter one um, as a student and encouraged to do as a group so that they can ground themselves in understanding um, that piece. And then we'll have we're having videos. Um, of us sharing certain things inside of the book as well to help teachers and a lot of practical, practical tips, like the inquiry part, how to, how to help kids understand rather than tell them how to do it. That is awesome. Tell us the name of the book again and when it will be available. August, 2018 is the release date and it's called modeling mathematics PBO. Modeling Mathematics, PBL. Write that down, folks. You need to keep that in your mind because this August it will be coming out. And that's definitely on somebody's back to school list. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So our last point here, just tell me any specific tips you have for PBL practitioners or any organizational tools that have really helped you. You know, one I used to really push this with math teachers. And then I realized it's something that everybody could benefit from. And I, I tell everybody, uh-huh. create your own PD where you are going and you're just absorbing what professions do. Um, so for math, it's wow. definitely great for you to go with engineers or doctors or computer technicians. Yeah. Um, but even in an English setting, you know, go sit with authors, go sit with editors, go sit with newspapers, go sit where writing is, you know, 90 percent of what you do or scientists go be a scientist. There's so many fellowships that even are offered with the science realm where you can go and be it. Because there's so many times that we just assume that this is what they do. And we tell kids, like, that's what they really do. But it's not. Like, my friend just threw me for a loop when he told me that the scientific method is not something they really follow in the real world like they do. And I was like, what? What do you mean? I said, I learned that forever. (laughs) And he said, well, think about it. We don't have unlimited money. We just can't come up with a hypothesis and then go test it out. He was like, no, we got to like test and see what happens because we don't have a whole bunch of money to keep coming up with experiments. I was like, oh, wow. good point. I said, well, then why are they teaching us that? <laughs> and he was like, I have no idea why he said it's not something we should do anymore. <laughs> so I was like, oh my God. So I, and I, I, I tell people, even if it's something as simple as, having dinner with some of your family or friends who are in other professions and you just have a discussion with them. Um, if that's the only PD you can afford to do, 
at a time, do it. Because this really transformed me, and I think it transforms the practice. Um, but then definitely, any student-centered strategies books are awesome. Um, my favorite loves right now is all of the books that um, Expeditionary Learning, they're now called EL Education, has produced. Um, one is called Leaders of yeah. Their Own Learning, and another is Learning That Lasts. Um, and then transformational literacy, like they're coming out with a lot. And I love it because they're starting to do the model that a lot of new books are where you have videos that go with what you just read. Yeah. And so that's so, 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 so powerful. Um, teaching channel is like my number one go-to tool for me to learn anything new that's um, practical for my class. Because PBL is is just best practices put together. Like, it's just a supersized, um, great teacher model. Um, <laughs> but any of the elements could, like, work on their own. It's not something that, that you have to have together. And so there's tons of books that are about the elements. And so whatever you're not good at, like reflection or inquiry or having students collaborate. Like, teachers always laugh at me when I say, okay, now, if you're not good at collaborating with people, you probably won't do well with helping your students collaborate. So work work on you <laughs> and then whatever you're learning, pass it on to your kids. Like I never realized Absolutely. how what, what my PLC that I work with Monday, Wednesday and Friday, we run by agendas when we meet with each other. It just dawned on me this year. I was like, why am I having my kids make agendas? Is what I do yeah. work with people. Why didn't I think to make them make an agenda? <laughs> and so, yeah. The, Yes, that is a project management tool that definitely students would carry with them after your project. Mm -hmm. So, Melania, I really appreciate you coming on and being our second guest and just dropping all of these, this knowledge and these jewels of information on our listeners. Tell us how we can keep in contact with you. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm so, so, so honored. Um, the best way to keep in contact with me is to keep learning with me through my blog. I created a blog um, a few years ago. It's called pbl-birdside.blogspot.com. And I post usually about every couple of weeks or even sometimes just once a month. And I try to do it in a way where we're dialoguing with each other. I open up my classroom. I sometimes post videos. And then I ask, what are you doing? And I respond quickly. Um, when people make the comment and so I'm just loving having a, a live dialogue with my um, opening up my classroom to the world and then the world sort of learning along with me that's awesome and also are you on Twitter oh I am so on Twitter um, it's addiction uh, my Twitter handle is thnorfar n-o-r-f-a-r and you can actually find me on all the social media stuff um, as that handle. So Instagram, um, Facebook, Twitter. I just am more apt to talk on Twitter than I am the other spaces. But I am there. I am there. I just forget to take pictures. And Facebook, you say too much. So I like the, I like the character <laughs> limit of Twitter. Yes, yes. Well, thank you again, and I hope you enjoy doing your service on this MLK Day, and thank you again for calling in. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Have a wonderful day. 
That's all for today. Thank you for tuning in to Project-Based Learning in Practice. I'm your host, Shayla Adams Stafford. Have a wonderful week.